0: This is Burn the Ship, for the lack of intro. Um, this is our podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs, we talk to business people, we talk to motivational people um, about what it is that they do, what their mission is. Um, our goals are really to continue to inspire another um, generation of entrepreneurs and kind of give some guidance to motivation to people that are already in that world. Uh, my company's a merchant services company, so we help with the payment stuff, and oh, cool. we just want to bring uh, value beyond that, you know? And uh, it's exciting with more connections, so... Uh, if you don't mind, introduce us. Tell us what your business is, and tell us kind of what you're what you're looking for.
1: Yeah. So my name is uh, Jamie Turner. I am an author, a professor, and also a keynote speaker at uh, corporations and events around the globe. So uh, my I've been a serial entrepreneur all my life. I knew from the get go that I wanted to have my own businesses, and when I was 29, started my very first one and then have been a serial entrepreneur ever since then. Mostly smaller businesses, you know, the biggest company I ever had was uh, 26 employees I think we got up to. So I know the struggle of what it's like to get something off the ground. And I know what it's like to, uh, to run a business where you're, where you're a small business trying to get bigger. In fact, I used to hire people at uh, one of the companies and, and I found out that I had to start telling people Um, when you come on board here, nobody's going to fill out your FedEx form. That's on you. You've got to learn that this is a small, you know, uh, ship and, and we've got to really actually all do our own stuff. So it was a way to just tell people that we were roll up your shirt sleeves and get it done kind of companies. Mm -hmm. But I've been doing that for my entire career and it's been a blast.
0: Sure. So what are you looking for now? You said you're, so you're, Talking at all these events all over the globe, how are people finding you and what is the value that they're seeing in you and saying, hey, will you come kind of be the, the spotlight of my event?
1: Yeah, so mostly what I focus on now when I speak is, is leadership, how to lead yourself and lead others in terms of getting the best from not only yourself, but from others. And so um, what the the way people find me is I, I have a blog called The 60 Second Marketer. I have another blog at jamieturner.live and they see the articles on there. And then I have a YouTube channel. Um, and so all three of those things add up. The YouTube channel now is more subscribers than my e-newsletter, so that's positive. Um, and people will generally see something and then connect with me. So all of my YouTube videos uh, have my email address or my uh, website down in the bottom so people always know how to get in touch with me. And then they'll reach out and say, hey, I found what you said on the YouTube uh, video interesting and thoughtful. And I want to see if you can talk. There has been a lot of hard work that went into it. So it's not the kind of thing where you can just write a blog post or write a hundred blog posts and think, oh, I'm going to get all these trips around the globe and, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for speaking and stuff like that. It doesn't work that way. The way it works is you have to have such a passion in my case, for teaching. I love to share what I've learned with others. That's just a motivator for me. It's what drives me. Um, And you have to have such a passion for that, that it turns into not work. It has to turn into fun. And so I work a lot and it's literally not work for me. I mean, I have to to actually turn off work. I have to literally say, okay, if you keep going here, you're going to you're going to you're going to burn the candle at both ends and be exhausted and that does happen where I'll you know I, I'll blaze through a weekend and you know find myself just going oh this is so much fun and then on Monday I'm like oh god I'm exhausted I just can't do this anymore so so you do have to pace yourself but but if you literally find something that you're passionate about and one other thought on that when you're young you know if you're in your 20s you're probably sitting around going well I, you know i've got a job i'm not that passionate about it i like it but i'm not passionate about it it takes a little while to figure out your sweet spot and then it takes a little while to figure out if you can make money at it and those don't always happen but if you do find something where you make money at something that you're passionate about then then the rest is gravy so so, so a lot of work went into it, a lot of nights writing blog posts that I would upload in the early days. And I was like, I don't even know if anybody's reading this stuff, but over the course of time, it adds up and it added up to translating that into books, speaking engagements and, uh, and online, uh, training programs that have been just a success and, and, and a lot of fun to do.
0: Sure. So what's, what's kind of take me back chronologically. So you, you start your first business at 29. What type of business is that?
1: It was an ad agency. So I was working at a good agency. Um, and then they had layoffs, you know, ad agency world has a ton of layoffs all the time. They'll hire quickly, they'll fire quickly. And we had a layoff and, and it was in the days when you got a pretty good severance if you got laid off and I knew I had just enough money uh, if I started the business to, to get things going, uh, to last me till I got things going. What's interesting about that is I had uh, three people um, tell me not to start my agency. The first was my boss. I went to her and, and said, I'm gonna start an agency. She said, you're too young. Then I went to my father who was in the business and he said, you're too young. And then I went to my older brother and uh, he said, you're too young. I knew that if I made the decision to start it, I had three important people in my life telling me that it wasn't going to succeed. So I knew that if I made that decision, that I was going to have to work really hard to make sure it actually succeeded. And so I worked my tail off to make sure it worked and it did. And so I got lucky and hard work and the combination resulted in the first business kind of taking off and and doing well for itself.
0: Sure. So what's uh, what's after that? How long was that? your your main thing.
1: Yeah. That was a 10 year run. We had a great run, uh became well known in the Atlanta area and regionally and had national accounts and all that sort of stuff. So we had a blast doing that and it was a fun business to be in. Um I merged that in with another agency, kind of landed at that place and then and then left that and went to an agency called BKV which was a great agency. It was a uh, Uh, the largest independent direct response agency in America at the time, and learned a lot from two people who were wonderful, Brent Kuhn and Maribet Varner, uh, just salt of the earth, smart people who were very humble and learned a lot there. I went to them and I said, I'd like to start a blog on behalf of the agency and we'll call it the 60 second marketer. And it'll be all about quick, tips and techniques that you can use to grow your your business and to their credit they said go ahead and do it let's see what it, what happens with it we started it Uh, that got up and running, got some global attention. And then I said, Hey, uh, I would like to take this and go out on my own with it. And they were kind enough to say, it wasn't really working out for their business, the blog, but it was working out for me personally. And they were kind enough to say, yeah, go ahead and run with that. And and you can take it and run with it. And so I went out on my own as a solopreneur, um, have had the blog. The blog turned into books, the books turned into TV appearances, and the TV appearances turned into speaking around the globe. So today what I do is speak around the globe and then teach at Emory University in the University of Texas. And I, I absolutely love what I do, as I mentioned, and
0: wouldn't trade it for the world. What kind of uh, teaching are you in the communications space?
1: Uh, It's mostly marketing, uh, marketing and business. Um, And uh, in both cases, it's uh, at Emory and at the University of Texas. It's great because I get to do it from my, uh, I live on a lake here north of Atlanta called Lake Arrowhead, Mm -hmm. and I get to do it from here. And uh, everything has worked out wonderfully. And the students seem to really like it and appreciate it because I'm a practitioner. I don't have a PhD. I don't even have a master's degree, but I'm somebody who goes in and says, I know this is what it says in the textbook, but here's how it really works. The textbook is a good framework on how to think about this stuff, but the reality is it's slightly different in the real world. So I take that practitioner background and apply it to what they're learning in the textbooks, and and that's a powerful combination. It works out well for them.
0: Sure. And how does the how does the teaching differentiate between the students and like your entrepreneur, so like you know, you're you're teaching in one way at a at a university. You know, you're kind of teaching sales, kind of teaching marketing, kind of teaching communication, as some um, mixture of those things. What is the you know what what is the, the pros and cons? What is that T chart like of of differences and similarities between teaching students and teaching people that are already in that entrepreneurial space?
1: So that's a great question. I like that question because I always I have a, a, I love teaching. And I'm born to teach, but I think the hardest job in the world would be to be teaching elementary school or middle schoolers or even high schoolers because they aren't engaged most of the time. To be honest, you know, I wasn't. I was bouncing off the walls. I had ADHD, and I, you know, they were trying to keep me focused for more than two minutes, which was impossible. And so I, my, I honor uh, the real teachers, the teachers who are out there with the little kids or the young adults. Trying to get them to stay focused—that's a very hard thing to do. I am blessed in that most of the people I teach are in uh, uh, at the university level or in the graduate level. They're mostly interested. You know, ninety percent of them are very focused on what you're saying. The ten percent who aren't have stayed up late writing a uh, paper or studying for a test or drinking too much beer. So it's it's uh, it's one of those three things, and I get that. Um, on the professional level, when I go to and do workshops, I'll be in Dubai at the end of this month, I'll be in Spain in the uh, in July, so I get to go around. Those people are 100% locked in, and it's great. You talk to them, they are there, they are taking notes, they know that they are there for an intensive hour or three hours, depending on what I do, and they they listen and they pay attention, and uh, that's fun. So I, I'm, I'm blessed in that I get to do people who are very engaged with what I'm talking about. And, uh, and that works out perfectly.
0: Is the content similar?
1: It is similar. Um, it is in the, in the, in the academic world, it is a little more, um, scaled back a tiny bit and you're teaching principles and real world scenarios where in the, uh, workshop world, uh, you're really getting into the nuts and bolts there's no uh, there's no theoretical stuff it's hey you ran a campaign it didn't have the click-through rate that you were hoping for here are 17 things you can do to test. And see if you can make that click through better. So it's a it's a real world kind of experience where where you're talking to people who've run campaigns and lived with the frustration of things not working the way they're supposed to and having to explain that to their bosses and all that sort of stuff. So it's similar but somewhat different.
0: Sure sure and uh, and what do you look so if you're looking to grow more is that is that something you're looking to do in 2021 is obviously you're looking to add more of those events probably not too much in the education space i'm sure you're probably spoken for as far as those opportunities go
1: correct yeah yeah i don't have the bandwidth for anything Uh, and the education stuff uh, the higher education stuff is uh is uh lower profit margin although i track all my hours and it's not bad money um but but uh, and I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but when I get hired by a, um, a, an event overseas, you're, you're being flown on a, you know, in a, in a nice seat on a jet, uh, you know, a big jet, a jumbo jet, and then uh, staying at a great hotel and, you know, you can get up and do an hour. And it's a ten or fifteen thousand dollar gig and 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 plus plus they pay for the travel. So so it's a, a higher profit margin by a long shot. Now, what what that sounds like is oh my god, the guy must be printing money. Well, let's remember a couple of things. There has been a lot of work that's gone in to promote my personal brand so that I get somebody from Norway calling me or from Latin America calling me, that is a lot of hard work and a lot of time. So yes, I get on stage and there's a big check involved with it. But if I, if I crunched all of the hours that I did YouTube videos and blog posts, any CFO would look at that and go, well, Jamie, you're making $3.37 an hour. Pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of work that goes into it to become the person that gets the big check for going up on stage for an hour. But, um, but I don't mind that. I, I, as I said, I love it. It's not, it's not really work for me. It's, it's really actually something that I just enjoy and would do for free.
0: Sure. What would you tell someone that's looking to do that? Someone that's looking to build, um, that brand and content strategy in hopes of being in a similar role as a keynote speaker?
1: Yeah, here. there's two things I would say. First of all, um, you've already heard me say it, prepare yourself for a lot of work that is unpaid. Um, and if that is okay with you, um, then you're going to be fine. So as an example, before we kind of went live here, you and I were talking about Um, audio and video equipment, we both have a passion for that. I mean, it's geeky and wonky, (laughs) but you and I and your producer could have gone on for another hour just swapping stories about gear that we have and all that sort of stuff. Let's say you're the kind of person who really enjoys that stuff. And there are plenty of them. By the way, let's take that to a finer point you know you may be familiar with peter mckinnon on on Mm -hmm. on uh, youtube and all that sort of stuff he was just a photographer and he was like i like this stuff i'm going to start talking about it what peter did because he now has millions of followers and he'll upload something and within two hours he's got tens of thousands of views and then over the course of time it's a million views what peter mckinnon does is he's passionate about it which is one thing because then you're teaching people something the other side of it that he really does a great job with is he has a personality behind it. You can't just go in and say, we're going to do how-to videos or a how-to blog anymore. Yeah. It has to be... Try to stay awake till the end. Yeah, yeah this is, it has to be, this is my perspective on... That this thing that I'm teaching you and this is my personality behind it and if you add that, then suddenly you've got something going but it's when you go in and just say I'm going to do a how-to video you know, people aren't interested in that because there's somebody out there doing a how-to video that's actually fun to watch that's what you're looking and trying to do
0: sure, sure. I completely agree what would you say um, as your piece of advice to someone that's just looking to get into an entre- entrepreneurship in general, you know, they're looking to start their own business, whatever that may be Um, you know, obviously I think powerful advice is, you know, as your, your father, brother, boss is telling, you No, sometimes it doesn't mean, you know, heed their warnings, um, is a strong piece of advice that, you know, some should and some should not follow. What would you give to other, you know, prospective entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, follow your gut like like that story is, is me going, all right, I have important people in my life telling me not to do this. Um, but then, you know, that that was a motivator for me. Remember that, that I worked hard because I knew that if I failed, I was going to have those three people saying, see, I told you so. In fact, my older brother, the day that I turned down a job and made the decision, I'm going to turn down this job in order to start my business the day i did that my brother i bumped into him in an event and he said i hope you haven't turned down that job you were looking at because i can tell you right now you are going to fail and when you do i will say to you i told you so those were his exact (laughs) words now he's a great guy but that was a moment where i was going all right i better really get my act together because I, I have somebody who's going to literally throw it in my face. So, so the question was, you know, what, what advice would you give a, if you go out to somebody who you cannot fail to and say, I'm going to go do this, that almost ensures that you won't fail because that person's going to hold you accountable. Um, B make sure that you are prepared for the kind of work it takes. So, so, so that is for me, I was, I was, I had talked to a friend of mine who had started. Her husband had started a business and she said he gets in the office at 4 a.m and doesn't leave until 6 p.m so i was like all right i guess that's what it takes and he didn't do that for long you know that was just the startup (laughs) phase but i was mentally prepared for This is 14, 15, 16 hour days for a little while until you get it off the ground. But then when it gets off the ground, you can pull, take it, take it back a little bit. And if it works, then you have a successful business. And if it doesn't work, you can tell yourself, I know that I gave it my all and it just wasn't meant to be. And then you just go, all right, it wasn't meant to be. And that's okay.
0: Absolutely. Well, I tell you, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm excited about being within your network. I'm excited about seeing what some of these events um, that you go to and and the way that you speak. I'm going to tune into as much of that content as I can. We'll be sure to link um, a lot of the YouTube stuff in with the podcast as well. But this is exciting to us. You know, you're an entrepreneur um, yourself. Uh, You understand business very well. Uh, and you're looking to give a lot of that back. You know, it's exactly like we were talking about with the equipment is that, you know, it's hard to quantify how many dollars and how much time it would have been worth for somebody to say, oh, that solution is going to present these problems later. Fix it this way. It's going to be a, a longer term solution. Like I said, I can't even quantify the time and dollars that that would have saved me. Yeah. You, The content that you give out, not really give out, but you know, that, that people pay for, and that is deservedly paid for is, um, exciting content because it's going to help people pave that way without having to hit all of those speed bumps. You know, it, it's going to, it's going to line a lot of the, um, mistakes and issues that you could have had early on in your entrepreneurial career to, Hey, I learned something from Jamie, or maybe it's exactly what you said is I'm already on my entrepreneurial career. I'm down the road and I'm coasting, or things have been the same for a long time, or I just need another fresh pair of eyes or some perspective on a new way to solve a problem. Um, you know that that's exciting to me. Like I said, that those speed bumps, um, not everybody needs to hit them. If you just learn from the people in front of you, um, you can continue to compound and grow and grow as what we know as entrepreneurship. Uh, so that's exciting to me. I appreciate you being in my network. Tell people where you know if they want to look out if they want to uh, reach out to you. and talk to you more where they can find you at if they have something an opportunity that may be kind of right up your alley
1: yeah no that sounds great thanks for the offer uh i if you just google jamie turner and spell j-a-m-i-e and then turner just google jamie turner and i'll be all over the first and second page and you'll see a lot of my links there uh if you want to go to my youtube channel which i'm spending a lot of time on lately Just go to YouTube and do a search for Jamie Turner and you'll see me there. And then finally, my uh, next book will be published by McGraw-Hill in September, and that comes out. It will be in uh, fine bookstores as well as some not-so-fine bookstores, but mostly (laughs) finer bookstores. Uh, So that will be at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, all of the bookstores as well as Amazon, and uh, that's called An Audience of One. And that book will be available in early September. So thanks for uh, thanks for the offer.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll tell you, um, I, I've learned from you today. I appreciate your time. Um, you have definitely helped me aspire to increase the functionality of my podcast space, um, which is exciting to me always. So um, thanks, man. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you. Take care.
0: Cool. You too.